Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. On what would have been his 109th birthday, Alan Turing, the father of modern computing and wartime codecracker, is being honoured with his face printed on the Bank of England's £50 note. At the same time, the UK's spy base GCHQ is also remembering him with an enormous artwork installed at the centre of its famous donut building in Gloucestershire. It's a remarkable turnaround for the reputation of a man who, despite being a hero, was hauled up in court in 1952 and prosecuted for having sexual relations with a man. Two years later, he died through cyanide poisoning. I'm joined by the CEO of Pink News now, Benjamin Cohen. Benjamin, is this a big moment for the LGBT community? Well, I think that is really important that Alan Turing, someone who was persecuted, prosecuted for his sexual orientation by the British state, is being commemorated on a banknote. The one thing I would say is... Uh, no one really carries that much cash around anymore and they certainly don't carry around 50 pound banknotes so this is this is symbolic rather than generally improving the messaging or awareness of either lgbt plus issues or alan turing's story particularly um but it's it's still it's still welcome and it can be pointed to you know children in school in lessons on uh, lgbt plus history and things like that but Let's not kill ourselves. It's not. It's not like it's uh, twenty years ago and it was on the pound coin. It's on something that most people will never actually see beyond the news articles about the, 50, the new fifty pound note with Alan Turing on it. And most people will probably never see this giant uh, artwork that's been installed at GCHQ as well in tribute to Alan Turing. But do symbols, gestures, though they may be, do symbols have a power? Can they change things? I think that they are really important because they also demonstrate institutional change. So GCHQ is actually a really good employer now for LGBT plus people. They've been marking the contribution of Alan Turing to the British uh, national story for quite some time. So the the, the, the memorial that they have now is, isn't the first time that they've been doing things. And actually, I think the fact that it's there is important. And symbols do matter whether that statues i mean we saw that with with um with all of the uh, attention of certain statues uh, last year which weren't necessarily commemorating great figures in this case these sorts of things really really do mark a, a demonstration that the country has in theory moved on quite some time and institutions like gchq has moved on um it's obviously a shame that 
all of this is happening at the same time that LGBT plus rights are coming under so much fire, both in the UK and overseas. Um, it's, it's important to note that we're in the middle of Pride Month, um, June. I believe that Pride is something that we should be marking and thinking about all year round. It's, 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 doesn't, it's not, you know, you're not just gay or trans or bi uh, on one day of the, or one day or one month of the year. You're, you're who you are the rest of the, the year too. But it's, it's obviously a shame that all, things like um, the £50 no and the commemoration by GCHQ is happening at a time when uh, LGBT plus people feel under attack in a way they haven't done for quite some time. Yeah, and it's interesting actually you're talking there about the power of symbols and also what's going on not only in the UK but across the world. Tonight, the the mayor of Munich wanted to light up the Alliance football stadium in rainbow colours because Germany is playing Hungary there and Hungary, of course, just passed a law where it doesn't want to promote homosexuality to under-18s. That was denied by UEFA. They've not been allowed to light up the stadium like that. But other clubs around Munich are, are, are actually going to do it instead. And there are thousands of, of, of rainbow flags being handed out as well to kind of circumnavigate UEFA's um, rules. Yeah. I, I, what I was wondering was, is denying a symbol almost as powerful or does that stir up the same kind of emotions as actually creating one is that kind of censorship uh still a powerful emotive thing for for campaign groups i mean i i think so it seems odd quite say so a a football stadium can't decide to light itself up in rainbow colors seems like a very odd thing to be doing um particularly as um you know, the world's attention is on what's happening in Hungary. And that's the reason why that particular match was being, um, was, you know, the, the rainbow was going to be used. I, I think symbols like that are important. But then we have seen that on, on other occasions. And actually, I can't remember when, it, when, it, when the rules were changed. But there was a time that at Eurovision, which to many people in the LGBT community considered like the Gay World Cup, they also banned the rainbow flag. And there was a quite ridiculous argument about whether they would be it would be allowed to go in because it's not a national symbol but eventually it was allowed in and and I think it is really important to be able to fly our flags with pride obviously now in the UK um, and in many other countries the progress pride flag is is more increasingly being used so that's one that uh, includes other elements such as the um, the trans flag and flags to and stripes to demonstrate people of colour. Um, and that has been quite important, particularly here in the last sort of 18 months in the kind of post, in the COVID world, because of the use of the rainbow as a symbol to really mark the NHS rather than uh, LGBT plus rights. So in, in some ways, it's demonstrated actually the evolution of the rainbow flag and the rainbow symbol um, and, and why the, the new progress flag, pride flag is like is quite uh, special to a lot of LGBT plus people now. Benjamin, do you feel in your own lifetime that LGBT rights have progressed, or do you feel like that? that or, do, or do you feel there is a danger of, of things stepping back still? LGBT plus rights have they progressed? Well, definitely, gay rights have progressed a lot. You know, I, I uh, on Pink News we. 
We secured the backing of uh, David Cameron and Miliband and Nick Clegg for same-sex marriage. I co-chaired the Out of Marriage campaign for same-sex marriage, uh, which was obviously incredibly successful to introduce uh, equal marriage or same-sex marriage anyway in, in England and Wales. And it's been introduced in, in all, of the, all of the parts of the main parts of the United Kingdom. So that's a definite progress. So I'm, you know, I'm at home and I'm here with my, my husband. So the fact that I have, I'm able to have a husband, I'm not being prosecuted for being gay or, or facing discrimination really for being gay uh, is, is a definite positive. Um, on things such as trans rights, we were seeing a real progress and the UK was way ahead of the game with the introduction of the Gender Recognition Act in 2004, but the the attempts to reform it so that we catch up with other countries in a way that they deal with that issue has obviously, I mean, it's been cancelled by the government and, um, and, and and the backlash against trans rights, the backlash against Stonewall, particularly during Pride Month, is a demonstration that that rights can go backwards. Ditto, what's happening in Hungary at the moment is a real demonstration of the risks of, of authoritarian governments to to kind of mess with the, the the march of progress. You know, Hungary was never an amazing place to be LGBT. Um, it's legal to be gay there. Um, but what they're but with the introduction of the legislation they've that they're trying to put the the parliament's voted for there that's really retrograde it's 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 like section 28 but even worse it is very much like the russian approach to lgbt plus issues and so i would be very worried that other countries may follow suit and that's the thing that's that that has definitely become apparent in the last year is that our rights don't just progress on a continuum with it always getting better sometimes that we have we we unfortunately are forced to take steps back when when those who are not within our community decide to take away some of our rights it's important to know that you know lgbt plus people are a minority um we we can we were only able to secure same sex marriage in england and wales thanks to the vast majority of the MPs voting for it not being gay themselves, being straight. So straight allies are really important. And if you don't have that in society, and if you don't have, for example, trans allies, there's no trans member of parliament, you, you just can't have the same progress that, that had been possible before, I think. And just finally, Benjamin, should you ever be lucky enough to have a £50 note in your hand for whatever reason, whatever shop you're in and you see that and you see Alan Turing's face, how would you feel about seeing that in your hand? I do think it, I, it, it will feel really special. I remember when you know, I was younger and I did remember seeing a £50 note my dad showed me. I can't remember who was on it. Uh, but it was quite exciting because it's like, oh, it's like the most valuable piece of paper that you can get. Um, and so it, it is really special. I think it, I think it really is important that symbols from our LGBT plus history are being celebrated and marked in this way. I think, you know, other things that can and have been done to mark things like on stamps, which are obviously much more widely circulated than um, £50 notes, have been really important. So I think that a symbol like that really does mean something. Um, and, and, I, and I hope that the kind of message behind it, which is about celebrating um, you know, those trailblazers uh, in, in history who are LGBT+, I hope that continues in other realms and we're celebrating that and marking that more in schools and in, and in other kind of settings that will really impact what young people see particularly. <laughs> 
And that's the leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hit subscribe so you don't miss out on our news, interviews, features and analysis. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.